This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode number 84, Therapy Work. This podcast is designed to help you on your journey of becoming best friends through love and learning as you train your own dog from home. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. everybody. I feel like we are friends. May I call you that? May I call you friends now? Have you spent enough time with me in my podcast that you feel like we could be that? (laughs) I really appreciate you checking in with me each week and taking away something that you can then go do with your dog. Hopefully the tips that I share are helping. Uh, We cover things like leash walking, puppy biting, house training, crate training, jumping, and more. And today I want to focus on things that go above and beyond just the basic training. Many of you are to the point where you and your dog are doing really well. You have a daily schedule figured out. You have a basic understanding of dog behavior and how to achieve success. Your dog is peeing and pooping outside, which is great, right? And you are able to go for an adventure together every once in a while. So now what? Others of you are just getting started, and I understand that. Or maybe you're even waiting to get started. I have several clients in my program that are just preparing, which is awesome. Way to get in early, you guys, and prepare. And that is an exciting time, too. Our program has everything from preparing you for your puppy to come home, helping that first week together, as well as the basic and intermediate training courses and modules. So I hope you are accessing those many resources that we provide for you. We absolutely love what we do. Today is geared towards teaching you about possibilities. You might know Baxter at this point. If you've come to my classes or gone through our learning modules, you'll know him as that cute, creamy, with a chocolate nose Australian Labradoodle. I am training him to do therapy work in our local community. I would like to take him to the high schools on ACT day, our college campus for finals week, the elementary schools to read with the first graders, and local libraries to read with the kids that are there. He is currently eight months old and he's doing pretty well. He's in his adolescent phase right now. So a few things have cropped up like barking and some hesitancy around sudden loud noises that I've noticed recently, but he's getting there. I don't believe in forcing a dog to do something. So I'm always watching to see if therapy work is something that he might like to do. So far, he loves people. He is super friendly, very snuggly. He likes to get in the car and go places, which is a huge benefit if you're going to do therapy work. He enjoys laying his weight across my lap. If I'm sitting on a sofa or in a chair and I call him over, he'll throw his whole weight onto me, which feels really good. And he does it naturally. He loves it. He also likes to give kisses and high fives. And when I'm working, he's a really good dog at just chilling and relaxing on the floor on his own. These are all great qualities that I watch for and feel like will serve him well in therapy work. So we will see. We will keep working at it. I get a fair amount of questions around what Baxter and I are currently working on, so I thought we'd discuss it on the podcast today. First, what is a therapy dog? Let's cover that first. Let's talk about it. And there's a few other terms you might hear floating around, and it can be confusing as to what these are. So we'll hear things like emotional support animal, therapy animal, comfort animal, service animal, and what are they and what are the differences? I love to educate people on this as a service dog trainer myself. There are big differences. And so I'm going to take just a minute and explain those. 
Now, the ADA National Network does a really good job on their site of explaining it. The emotional support animal, they state, according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, an emotional support animal is any animal that provides emotional support, alleviating one or more symptoms or effects of a person's disability. So emotional support animals, you guys, can provide companionship. They help with depression or anxiety. They can help with certain phobias or relieve loneliness, but they do not have specific tasks they've been trained to do to assist people with disabilities. So emotional support animals are not uh, service dogs. They offer comfort. They offer companionship. They help um, in times of depression or anxiety, but they're not trained to do something for their handler. Next are comfort and therapy animals. Both types of these animals are typically dogs, but could be other animals. They work in situations where stress levels are high. So comfort animals help during crises. So emergency things that happen, they might bring in some dogs to offer um, some calming distractions to those who are uh, suffering. So in active disasters or emergencies are often where you'll see those animals come in. Therapy animals provide people with healing. So these are typically in a school or clinical setting, and they help improve the physical, social, emotional, and cognitive functioning of those that they serve. So while both of these animals receive training, and they might be very well trained, they are going to interact with all sorts of people. Um, they're not tied to just one individual and they're not trained to do tasks for one individual. They're not doing those specific things that that individual needs with a disability. These are animals who go out and serve in the community and they're working with a variety of people. A service animal under the Title II and Title III of ADA is a dog that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of an individual with a disability including physical, sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or other mental disability. So in a nutshell, service dogs are required because of a disability, and they have been trained to perform specific tasks to benefit their person. They have rights to go with their person wherever that person goes in public to assist them. Emotional support animals and comfort or therapy animals do not have those same rights. Individuals with a disability may use and interact with working animals for a variety of reasons, but only dogs who receive specialized training to perform a specific task or tasks for an individual with a disability are called service animals. This is the key difference between a service animal and all other types of working animals including those mentioned above therapy, comfort, and emotional support animals. So now that we know what a therapy animal is, what do they do and where can they go? Therapy animals assist in schools, libraries, hospitals, airports, retirement communities, really anywhere there is a need for comfort and healing. Animals are wonderful at sensing our needs and connecting with our souls. In recent studies, dogs have been shown to improve reading skills. Reading to dogs is a simple, effective way to help a child feel comfortable. Reading free from judgment or eliminating that risk if they were to happen to stumble on a word. And let's face it, who doesn't want to interact with a furry loving friend? I am looking forward to visiting local libraries and schools with Baxter to share his love with others. I enjoy being in a school setting. I enjoy watching kids learn and teaching kids to read is a very important skill that I feel like dogs can definitely help with. After all of that, are you wanting to do therapy work with your dog? Where do you start? I recommend all puppies go through basic training. Our online puppy school will help you complete the basic, intermediate, and the canine good citizen 
course. We have courses that are six weeks long for each of those different levels, as well as learning modules that you can go through on your own time to help your dog gain the skills necessary. So training skills that are helpful for therapy work are walking on a loose leash, um, being around people in public, a simple recall, sit and down stays are very useful, greeting people politely, uh, relaxing on a mat, and tricks. You guys, people love to see tricks. So if you have some spare time or you're working on these training skills and need to add in some fun, do some tricks with your dogs. People love to see the tricks, which is a great way to break the ice and form a connection with those you are serving. Once your dog has passed these levels, it's time to find a therapy organization in your area to certify through. Each organization has their own regulations, so you'll want to become familiar with them as well as contact the organization with any questions you might have. Because therapy dogs interact with the public, it is important to be insured. Therapy organizations provide you with this coverage once you have passed their exam and certified as a working team with your dog. Organizations also often already have relationships built with facilities such as schools, hospitals, nursing homes, and things like that, which makes your job easier. They provide you with a vest and an ID for your dog as well as the locations where you can serve. There are requirements such as the dog must be at least one year old and have lived with you for at least six months. This is just an example as this varies from organization to organization, so you'll want to check on those details as you decide which one to work with. The AKC website has a great resource page of therapy organizations to help you find one in your local area. So if you are interested, you guys, join Baxter and me as we go through our journey of becoming a therapy team. If therapy work might not be the best fit for you, that's okay too. I highly recommend, though, finding something that you and your dog love doing together. What does your dog like to do naturally? If they are friendly, enjoy going in the car places, confident in new places, and think no one is a stranger, therapy work might be for them. Thank you again for taking the time to train your dog and being here with me today. It is an investment that pays off big time. You guys have a great week and happy training. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site baxterandbella.com to contact me. 